0: hey Duncan hey James how are ya I'm well thanks mate how is the US of a treating you mate uh it's just been here about a week um so far so good it's a, it's actually a very interesting I don't know I haven't traveled at all since pre-COVID um and i would heard all these stories that the US had sort of been in decline and I've only been to LA and Austin uh but both of them are I think you know there's obviously good parts and bad parts to, to cities but the good parts of the cities are fantastic oh. um and there's so much creativity in both cities. It's beautiful and inspiring to see. Oh, well, that sounds pretty cool, mate. So welcome to Cloud Streaks, a
1: podcast where Duncan and I like to uh, get together once in a blue moon and talk about uh, a topic that we find particularly interesting. And uh, the topic for today's episode is fun. So uh, not just in of itself, but like, what is it? Why do we do it? And how can we make more sense of this thing that seems to, you know, play a role like well hopefully a large role as we get older in life so
0: what are your thoughts Duncan yeah I think that this came up correct me if I'm wrong partially inspired by your children is that, is that part of it where it's fun slash play um or, or not so the, I think this has had a, a like a
1: long-term story between you and I um and one of the the milestones I would point to that we talk about often is Couple of years back, when you know you were, for all um, you know, intents and purposes, fairly um, involved with your work, very focused, very uh, like working very hard, and you just seemed like you were more than not burnt out all the time. And the comment I made was, uh, "It seems like that you don't have much fun in your life, or you, mm-hmm. you, you it would be good to make more time for play." Uh, mm-hmm. So that was one of the insights, and that was. For me, driven by the fact that having just recently had children, um, that was a very big feature of my life at the time because that was the primary mode of interaction of my kids and probably continues to be to to this day.
0: Mm. Yeah. Okay, so I think um, that there's sort of different definitions, um, but one of the sort of lenses I have for life is that there's purpose, five days a week of purpose, one day a week of play, one day a week of peace. But fun is sort of different. And I wrote a blog about this, which I'll link to. To me, work can be fun times purpose, right? And play can be fun times no purpose. Mm. You know, it's just sort of fun for fun's sake. And then peace is just relaxing, but it's kind of like a fun from a different perspective. Um, And James is sort of right. Like there's, you know, I found Ed Roller to be the most interesting thing. And the most rewarding thing I've ever done, as well as the most stressful thing I've ever done. <laughs> um, and I don't know if you say that fun is stressful. Um, and so, to me, I think that work has the possibility of being fun. But then if you've got hardcore time pressure, hardcore financial stress. Some people that are great, but some people that are not great. So, for instance, you know, lots of draining people. It can make work really stressful. Mm-hmm. And so, I think a hack is like, although single, having fun is better than not having fun. And I think that you can have fun almost everywhere, but that doesn't mean that fun is one-dimensional, like it used to be like we'll play Nintendo or something. Work done well can be fun, and work done well can be extraordinarily not fun. And so I feel like for, for, for quite a while, I was so serious, but also so stressed out with time pressure and financial pressure, et cetera, that it wasn't fun. It was rewarding and interesting. And so I think James is right. I was like, especially two years ago, just so ground out and so burnt out, this fried all day, every day, that I wasn't having fun.
1: Mm. So, I mean, there's a multitude of dimensions to look at this, but like to start off with your first point, um, like di- making this distinction between play and fun, I think is mm-hmm. a good start. Like for me, play does not equal fun, but it is a facet of fun. So... Mm-hmm. I think everyone who's playing is having fun, but not everyone who's having fun is necessarily playing. Like you said, you can have fun while you're working. You can have yeah. fun, you know, while you're, you know, deeply involved in, um, you know, like a craft that like, could be a form of play. You could be having fun while you're cooking. All of these different kinds of elements. Um, but I think what's interesting is, you know, the the act of play is kind of like putting fun at the front or the fun is the goal of play or a goal. So when we engage in, you know, something where, you know, we want to, uh, you know, bring about having fun as one of the, like the primary elements we, we choose to go to having something that is playful. Um, and so for me, this is why kids is a really, really good like circuit breaker for me as an adult. Because if I just ride on autopilot all day, every day, like I might be having fun at work, I might be having fun with my wife, but play is like added into my life when I come home and engage
0: with my kids. I think maybe you look at it a different way. Um, this is just something like if there's the three types of time that I'm talking about: purpose time, which is what I, I hope your work has purpose. I think a work with purpose is better than a work without purpose. Then there's play time, and then there is peace time. Hmm. and I actually think you can have fun or not fun in all of them so work can be fun or not fun play can be fun or not fun I think we've all been at the times when you're in the whatever at school at lunchtime and you you know there's mean kids right or you've been playing a, a whatever a board game and you just don't like it because it's boring or too like I don't know you're getting trounced it's not fun Jean peacefulness like I try to make time to be still to do nothing and sometimes I'm absolutely awful at it you know, I'm worrying about things. I've got anxiety, stresses, all this other jazz, and making time to try to have space is called hearing all these horrible noises. You know, these songs playing in my head, like what about this at work, and what about this person, this, and what about blah blah blah. And so you drown them out by doing something. Do you know? <laughs> so peace done poorly is not fun. Peace done well is fun. Play done poorly is not fun. Play done well is fun. And work done poorly is not fun. And work is fun. so. That doesn't mean that the fun are exactly the same, but maybe if you're doing it well, it is fun. Mm, oh, yeah. I really don't know that I had thought about thinking of this lens, like the a lens on life. Almost everything can be fun or not fun. And so ideally you're having as much fun as, as you know as you can. Um, so, yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I was just thinking um, as, as you were saying that, I think almost, you know, you could say X done well is fun or can be fun. Mm. Um, and, you know, this idea of, you know, play not done well is is not fun. Uh, it, it's something that I tell my kids often. It's not playing if someone's not having fun. Mm. Uh, and you can think about that in, in terms of, like, what is good play, what is not good play. So mm. I really like that idea because that can kind of help get a sense of, like, am I doing X well? Now, I do believe there is, um, you know, a limit to that. If you're only optimizing for fun, then there's probably... Not enough meaning or not enough importance given to things like you know you need to you know have purpose you need to uh, you know set up your life in a way so that you can support yourself and those around you. So while fun isn't always like the be all and end all, I think it is a way of being able to decide if it's being done well or not.
0: Maybe I know we just started off with fun and fun was mainly about play. And James is right. I was like Duncan, are you doing much play? And I realized that I, I really wasn't doing much. And I also think that early on in Ed Rollo, I was hell-bent on making sure I tried as hard as possible. I did not want to look back, you know, we started sort of 10 years ago, I was like 28, um, and think, oh, if you tried harder? You know, I, I thought at some point I'd have kids, et cetera. Um, and it's an interesting point, I've changed my mind, I wanted to have children, as we've sort of talked about. Um, and that at that time, you kind of wanted to hopefully have your, you know, career in order, not in the doldrums. Uh, and so I was like, work as hard as possible at that time. And for some reason that translated subconsciously, not with conscious thought into being serious. Cause I kind of felt like if you weren't being serious, then you probably weren't trying as hard as possible, mm. but you can be serious with a smile. I sort of say now, and maybe fun is the wrong word. Maybe enjoying it is the right word. And so, you know, Warren Buffett says that he wants to he tap dances to work every day. Um, I was not tap dancing to work. I was going and being as serious as possible and also being stressed out by the environment quite a lot as well. And, and, with the benefit of hindsight, I feel that I would do it a lot differently. And I not just would enjoy it a lot more. I'd get more done, more creativity. You know, often if you're enjoying it, you're enjoyable to be around. And if you're not enjoying it. You're not enjoyable to be around. And so seriousness can be a fault. You don't want to be frivolous. Um, and so to me, you know, the, the sort of me see I have is five days a week of purpose, five day, one day a week of play, one day a week of peace. I'd like to enjoy all of them. But they're different in different ways. And making work fun, where it's no longer got any sort of purpose involved, it's not even giving new purpose or helping others, is probably doing it wrong.
1: Yeah, so I think it's, it, it, it comes down to a balance in all things, right? So you want to have the right balance of seriousness and the right balance of fun. Too much of either or, I don't think, is a good recipe for a sustainable, um, you know, way to approach life. So this idea of um, you know tap dancing to work, which I'm pretty sure he wasn't doing literally, but <laughs> yeah. you get the you, you, you get the semblance of, like, well, if, if I'm coming into my work every day with this, you know, enjoyment that I bring with it, then, you know, you can kind of get the, the idea that this is being done well. Mm-hmm. So, for me, uh, what I like to think of is, you know, when you were saying, like, I, I need to be super serious, this is important for me. Um, but then you, you also realize when you were, like, through experience, when you were being super serious, you were kind of like... Um, Pushing people away, or not pushing people away, you weren't being. No,
0: no, no, that's you're putting words in my mouth, which I think are not at all related to what I was intending. Right, we're not anything. pushing people away, but you you weren't being
1: like attractive to others. People weren't getting as I don't much. think
0: that's fair either. So
1: right. <laughs> well, maybe
0: I was you... being serious. Those those, yeah. those that, that means that could I have been enjoying it more? Yes. Yeah. That, so and, and to yeah. me, all else equal, I wasn't consciously not trying to enjoy it. I was just trying to do the best job I could, hmm. and we had. Being had investors and i wanted to try to make sure that i you know did the best and that they didn't think oh this person is being frivolous Mm. and so i I suppose i didn't understand or have an appreciation for what i think is the importance of enjoying it as much as opposed to the importance of doing the best job i could which is what i was trying to do and unknowingly that translated into seriousness Mm. because i felt if you weren't being serious you were being frivolous Mm. this this didn't have anything to do with i think what you were saying so be careful about saying how I was doing things
1: all right well I I picked up on something how you talked about what it led to with your interaction with others
0: and so I'm you know if I put words in your mouth I'm sorry but what I was the stress levels made it unenjoyable (laughs) you know and and that's that that, that's different to the seriousness the stress and and how you approach something because some of the things are external like time pressure like financial stress or whatever and some things are internal like how you approach something are you being serious about it and so I think all else equal that you, you can be serious with a smile, and I, I don't think I understood that properly ten years ago. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: and so, one of the ideas I've, I've been trying to grapple with is,
1: you can you can kind of get a sense of why being serious is important, because it helps you to you know it helps you to survive. If you extrapolate all the way down to the bottom, so why do we think fun is important? Is I think the, the next question because we can say well, fun in and of itself is. It helps you to enjoy life. It's you know it adds excitement and it brings, uh, you know it 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 brings in, I think it, it it's what I call a social lubricant. It creates more opportunity for connection. Uh, but when you're talking mm. about, like, when you're talking about people who are you know fun loving or fun going, there's also this attractiveness to them as well. Like if you if you if you've looked at one of the polls um, in terms of what are women most attracted to like fun or funny is one of the highest. And
0: that's an interesting insight. Mm. I'm not sure that funny and fun are the same thing necessarily. And whilst dating is one lens, like I think, if you just talk about it from a work perspective, and this wasn't necessarily where I thought we'd started this at all. <laughs> well, we- they're, they're independent to me. So, So let's just say one axis is seriousness. And you could call seriousness effectively taking responsibility properly. And not being frivolous with responsibility or shirking responsibility. So I'd like to think that I have been responsible and that I have made, hopefully considered decisions, you know, um, but a separate axis, totally independent is whether you're enjoying it or you're not enjoying it, whether it's energizing or it's draining. Mm. And I didn't think enough or consciously, I thought very consciously about how to do the best job, how to be as responsible as possible and to train the best decision as possible. I didn't think about how to enjoy it as much as possible. Mm. And an unintended second order outcome of that is that I don't think I enjoyed it as much as I could have. So I left enjoyment on the table mm. um, and that all else equal, I think that this would have probably been better for my creativity, better for me, you know, doing others around. So I think, you know, we've been very lucky to have quite a number of people stick around for a long time. And I think at work, yeah. Like if you're wanting a, f- a friend to go and have beers at the pub with, probably fun is like close to the top, you know? But if you're wanting a coworker, fun is not my number one, you know, thing. It's like, how good are they at their job, right? Uh, And that is, you know, I'm not saying that it wouldn't be better if they were enjoying it and that that you could have a laugh about something, but that isn't criteria one. Mm. And I think that, I don't know, like a lot of, there's a very low level lens. Like, oh yeah, what if we like, oh, the funny guy. But that's like what 20 year olds talk about dating, you know? It's like, no, you know what the number one thing is for women in America? Cash how much money do you earn by country miles. So number one, that's 75% of women. That's the number one, right? And so funny, it's like, well, if the dude's got a big bank account, don't care. You know? Uh, and so anyways, um, that's just an interesting study that I found funny. Uh, so anyways,
1: yeah, cool. It's kind of like when you um, you find it, when you go up in the power scales, you suddenly become funnier. Like, you know, you, you crack a, a, a subpar joke at work and everyone starts laughing their heads off. You're like, hmm, I'm funny, okay. but I'm not that funny.
0: But, um well, i think well, there's one thing on that and the number one thing for females so for males for females is looks at 75 <laughs> percent, right um so it's not like oh is she funny it's like is she hot right um and so i suppose males and females are both as shallow as each other just on different lenses
1: it well, wasn't yeah. about
0: are they a good person or whatever it's like is he rich and is she hot and so <laughs> that was number one 75 for females was income or you know wealth and, and number one for males 75 percent was looks mm. uh, and so to me it was just sort of i don't know and perhaps this isn't it's an oversimplification and you know saying but you know men produce women reproduce or whatever you know <laughs> and so the roles historically have been a bit different and i know that this is changing the world's changing but that's a, a very recent study i know the u.s you know is different to australia or whatever so that's like from like a year or two ago this is not from 50 years ago yeah. um so yeah
1: but uh, uh but it's it's true in a lot of ways like When, when I read anyone who studies evolutionary biology, like men are drawn to looks because that's what they use as a barometer on the health of the other, of the potential partner. Why did your biology? And and women are drawn to uh, a man's wealth because that's their barometer for their quote unquote ability to protect them and exert power. So for Mm. a woman, you know, giving birth is very expensive, very costly. Uh, so they need someone who can help make sure that they have a very nice, comfy nest while they're doing, um, you know, the parenting side of things, at least for the very early stages. So that's what m- I think money has translated to in modern, modern society. But the other thing I read was also, so going back to work, is um, one of the, the strongest determinants of your tenure at a workplace is if you have a best friend. And I think that's kind of like talk to this idea of, you know, if you, you know, you you have meaning at work, you you have engagement and you find it, um, you know, challenging, that's one thing. But if you have someone at work that you can enjoy that with, um, it makes a lot of sense as to why you would want to stay there for longer. Because I think that's synonymous with, um, you know, bringing this idea or this element of fun into the workplace so you can still be engaged and productive. But you can also have someone else there to help it
0: make it much more enjoyable yeah i think perhaps fun is not the word i would use initially work it can be fun at times but enjoyable or, or energizing versus draining so if you look at the three types of time they have you know purpose time play time peace time they can all be energizing or draining right and ideally you want them all to be energizing but play time being energizing is very different to purpose time being energizing which is very different to peace time being energizing and so all else equal, the stronger your human relationships, the more, so Maslow's hierarchy of friendship or mateship, I should talk about the, <laughs> the base level is like, well, if, you know, if someone's there, like, I don't know, you got a mate at school and someone's being mean to you and the two of you stand there, they're less likely because sometimes in physical, you know, bullying occurs at schools, um, you know, to look after this, but then also, if they're in the bad times, they'll be there to help you, or shoulder the cry on or whatever else it is. Right. So they go from downside removal to adding upside. Uh, and so all else equal, good quality friends are better than low quality friends (laughs) for many reasons removing downside and adding upside and that's from someone to be a friend to help you raise children with for someone to be a friend in a sort of more you know french and friends at work right i don't just making up three categories of friends work friends non-work romantic or you know children rearing friend you know (laughs) which is like romantic friend right um and all else equal it's better to have good friends through the entire maslow's hierarchy of mateship Removing NASA NASA in all areas uh and so this is really interesting um who are you often best friends with at work the person you sit next to right friendship is built from doing nothing together not something together and so you have all these incidental chats and you get to know each other much better and i don't know about you we've talked about this james in the past but i don't slack people the same as i would you know i, I, I don't have little incidental chats anywhere near as much and it is there is stats that, you know, if you have a good work friend, you have longer or, you know, higher longevity at, at a company. It's not the, initially, I, I'm not seeing it. it's the most important thing. I think like, I don't know if you're helping whatever, make the world worse or something like genocide. <laughs> you say, oh, I'm not sticking around, you know? Um, <laughs> so so <laughs> anyways, yeah, this, this is the lens. Enjoyability in play is called fun, right? Enjoyability at work is called in energizing, meaning, you know, not necessarily fun. It can be fun, but it's sort of different. So perhaps the underlying base root element is energizing versus draining.
1: Mm. Well, I think we've talked a lot on like, you know, what what gives you energy, what drains your energy. Um mm. and it, it does go along these lines of like, you know, is it really adding to your experience of whatever you're doing. Are you doing it well, or are you doing it poorly? Um, so, I think like we can try and steer this back to you know the topic of fun because when you say it's not the same thing that's interesting because then what is it and so if is it just play doing, is it doing play well that what's fun is, then maybe we can look into it from that point of view because you know when you talk about friendship another um, you know another way of looking at it the way you described it is a friend a good friend is someone that you can tell bad news to, and a good friend is someone that you can tell good news to. Because when, they, when, you tell them, when you tell them bad news, they're there to provide support. When you tell them good news, they celebrate your successes. Um, mm. But I think a good friend is also more than that. I think a good friend is someone that you can have fun with. Uh, so, you know, by, by example, while I've always considered you, Duncan, someone that I could tell good or bad news to, what I think makes you such a good friend is that you're someone that I have an, an immense amount of fun with, you know, whether mm. it's that your expense or not. But it's almost instinctive, I would think that when you build that foundation with a friend, even if it's at work, you will, I think, start to look for ways in which that you can have fun together. Like the more Mm. I've gotten to know my colleagues at work, for me, the more I feel myself being pulled into this element of how can we have fun together?
0: Mm. I change it to two things. Like, honestly, the most fun I think I've ever had in my life is at work. Also, the single worst, most draining experiences in my life have been at work, you know? Um, and so to me, some of the things like, I don't know, like let's just take like sport as an example or whatever. So, so like, I don't know, basketball. Like they're, they're on, you know, the the court and they're, they're playing well and they get in flow and they're, and they're working. And it's just going and it's the, you know, Chicago championship winning team from whatever the 90s. And they're like, that game was crazy fun. And they were there with each other. So to me, we, we call this jamming at work because you're jamming like musicians do. We're going to go into a room and we're creating product and we're going to sit there and we're building ideas around and we're building stuff and we have the designers and then we try it and then we get a unit of content out and then we go and use a test with a unit of content with somebody at work and you see it not working and then you fix it and then you use a test with somebody else and you see it working again, and you're like high five, like crushing it. And so you, you you literally the most fun of any activity, including going heli skiing and other stuff, right? Um I've ever had is at work Um, and so that's something that I didn't understand because I did not describe mathematics at high school as fun or or, or science you know so uh, sort of work when you're at school is like whatever English science you know humanities maths or something right and the the the, the maximum amount of fun they were was not very much fun (laughs) but now work and I know that this is not the case for everyone and it's certainly not the same as happens every day the best fun it's not just having fun with these people or having a chat about who they are or, or having a beer at the pub or something it's actually work some parts of work are the most fun
1: i've ever had hmm. well so like let's, let's unpack that because like i don't imagine like you mentioned math and history and english at school very much not fun you're doing the same thing here i don't think you're sitting in a room with people and thinking like here's a math equation Hmm. like have we just no think- we are
0: we're literally making year seven maths
1: yeah but you're thinking about how to make year seven maths not how to figure out this math equation
0: i right? think that we can make year seven mathematics fun yeah right I- and i think yeah, the emotional resonance so to me like love like indifferent dislike hate and so i've told a lot of people maybe this is another lens on this sorry like Your favorite teacher you love, your worst teacher you hate. Your favorite person you love, the worst person you hate. Your favorite meal you love, the worst meal you hate. The favorite song you love, the worst song you hate. I said almost everything. You can go from love, like, different dislike, hate. And unfortunately, I think for a lot of students, they dislike or hate most of secondary school as an example. And I believe done well, you can change that to like or love. Hmm. Um, And so that's actually one of the core goals of what we're working on. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think like
1: going back to your semblance of like, this is the most fun that you've had right yep. so, so what are you doing so you you've set yourself and your team like a vision or a goal or an objective and now you don't have a clear pathway to, to achieving that but you're working together you know through a process of solving this problem and I think it's the the witnessing of this process that you're all um, committing yourself to and you're working together on it and seeing the progress right so Tony Robbins progress equals happiness and it's witnessing that progress and whether it's an eventual um, success and you can see that the problem's been solved and that you, you feel like that you've worked together and you created something, that can be really rewarding. So I think the fun part is, for me, when I listen to you say that, is that you're doing this with others. Like you can, it doesn't mean that you can't have fun on your own. It's like, it, it's clear at least to me that you can, but it sounds like when you're talking about this is the most fun that you've ever had, is that you are, what you would say, jamming. You're in a room with other people, figuring out a problem together, all committed, aligned on the same goal.
0: Maybe, like, it's hard to describe because mm. so the most intellectual challenging things that I've ever done now are at work. The most creativity that I have ever personally been able to have or has been at work. Some people help make you know positive some outcomes occur and some people make negative some outcomes occur uh and so sometimes when you're definitely having that one plus one is three kind of positive some outcomes occurring it's it's there and so then this is with a purpose like you know recently like I don't know the building mathematics products um and you're like then you get to try it with people using testing and you can see well here's the previous version here's the current version or the new, new version like you can see it like an hour later you know, oh my God, Look what we learned, and then you extract the principle out of it. And so I just didn't know, um, that work could be fun. And and the reason for that for me is because school wasn't fun. Like I did, I like hanging out with my friends and sometimes sport and other stuff. Yeah. But did I really find it fun in mathematics or science? No, I didn't find it like not fun necessarily, but mm. it wasn't fun. Right. And, and then uni was more of the same. And Honestly, most of my work hasn't been fun, but some of it is, and not just some of it, like an increasing portion and not just, oh, yeah, it's fun, but like, I'd rather be, you know, I don't know, playing Nintendo. It's like, no, no, this is the most fun I've ever had. And and why? Some combination of purpose, some combination of challenge, some combination of creativity and some combination of working with others mm-hmm. are the, the four major variables that come to mind now. Like I haven't really sat down and tried to resurprise this out, which is the most important. I don't know. Let's just yeah. say that the arguments are all equal for yeah.
1: now. Yeah. yeah, I would say, like, you can you can have purpose, you can have even um, you know a rewarding um, sense of progress without it being fun. But what I'm trying to make sense of is what makes something fun. And for me, it's something like, first of all, it's about being in the moment. You're not thinking about like with math, right? You were indifferent to math at school. You didn't find it fun. I would say the same. I liked math, but I would say not because I was enjoying it in the moment, but because one, I felt like I was okay at it. So I was feeling competent. That gave me the feeling of like whether it was superiority or just like I was good at something. Um, but the other thing was that I also sort of value in math. I thought that if I knew math, it would help me in the future. But if I wanted to do something to enjoy it in the moment, that would be something I would say is fun, like playing a video game or playing in the schoolyard with my friend. I'm not thinking in that moment, this is gonna help me um, create more social bonds in the future or this is gonna help me be a more suitable mate. I'm just in the moment enjoying myself. And I think while you can still do something that's enjoyable in the moment, that's meaningful and productive and that's creating value, the fact that you're just thinking about being in the moment is, I think, one of the things that could, could be a deciding factor that makes it fun or not.
0: I'm so over this whole presence idea. I've just written a blog on it, which I think is what you're saying. You must be present. No, you don't need to be. Um, you, you can be present with the future. You can be present with the past. You can be present with the presence. You can be present with your subconscious. To me, it's not necessarily that important a signal. I think you want to be able to control your attention whichever way you want. So sometimes you're thinking about, say so in a meeting with somebody what they're saying and other times they've said something that you know 20 seconds ago and you have decided that you're going to go and follow that and they're still talking but you're not present with them there and then you're like, okay Han, i just wanted to go back to this thing here because i think this is really important um and then blah, blah blah and so to me i'm not sure that presence is necessarily a large variable in, in what this is to, to well, me, me another example right yeah why do you eat a piece of cake it's delicious why do you eat
1: um you know a nutritional drink Well, why do you drink a nutritional drink because it's good for you right so i'm thinking about so so you eat too much cake not healthy but the reason why you eat the cake is because you want to enjoy it in that moment because it's delicious it gives you that sense of satisfaction that sense of like enjoyment so what i'm trying to say is the reason at least on the surface level you would engage in an activity that's quote unquote fun i think it's because it's enjoyable in that moment you're not thinking about oh this is going to you know be fun to look back on later or i you know whatever uh, considerations are in the past it's like it's something i want to do right now if that makes sense it's not about like you've got to be present and you've got to have your mind in the now and you've got to be like you know of you know of, of, of soundness and all this kind of stuff it's just about like why do you do something or like it's extrapolating what is it about this activity that makes it fun and i think it's the activity that it, it is in of itself rewarding if that makes sense it's not to get you something or to get you somewhere
0: perhaps like i don't know like and i'm thinking know, go I'm trying and to figure it out i'm not healthy, saying it's like, healthy or whatever else it is and i don't know you know you know look good feel good sometimes whatever else it is right and so I don't know. I remember I did my year of health. Um, and out of that, I found supposedly what the optimal weight for um, a male is, which is about 10% body fat. And so I was like, okay, well, if this is the optimal weight for, for healthiness, um, I was above that. Um, I'm going to try to get there. Whereas it wasn't like to be skinny or something, you know, or to be hot. It was just from health perspective. And I was making progress towards it. And that gave me enjoyment a fun, if you want to call it. Whereas, in the past, I would cut exercise because I'm oh, I'm tired, I can't be bothered. But I didn't have like this like longer term goal called, I was like, what's optimal health? And there's like physical health, mental health, there's lots of things, right? And I was like, well, ideally you want optimal physical health and mental health. Um. Okay, well, what is optimal? So it's like, skinnier is better. like, no, there's a point where too skinny is bad. And there's a point, so there's sort of a happy medium. And so apparently women, it's 15% and men, it's 10%. Um, and so I don't know that's there. I sort of gave you the sort of four reasons before. I think maybe shifting slightly, like, the point was that I was trying to say like, work can be fun, right? At times work can just be energizing, but it can be straight up fun. And not just that, like the most fun I've ever had any time ever. And I tried to, try to give you the sort of four things why, but I thought I'd shift it slightly. Like to me, the podcast that you and I are doing now, done well can be fun. And it's not because we necessarily agree. Like, I think we're sort of trying to say different things. and We're not listening, not hearing each other properly or whatever. And this is a friendship activity. Um, that done well is extraordinarily meaningful and fun. Um, It's not the only type. Like I call James, I'll text him, you know, we'll hang out in person, we'll have beers, whatever, right? Um, And so if you told me as like, whatever, even 10 years ago, that recording a podcast with James would be, done well a really fun activity that i'd want to do you know about once a month for the rest of my life i would have been laughing no it, it might we might learn or maybe it's because i want to get some like following or you know whatever else it is and it's, it's a means to an end and i'm not saying that it doesn't have other things but it is also just fun and so th- I, I suppose if there's a meta point here i had a really one-dimensional view of what fun was growing up hmm. it was playing with nintendo or you know things and school couldn't be fun which is extremely them for work right and there were like serious friendship activities, like uh, doing a podcast or something. And there were fun activities. And so to me, I feel like almost everything can be fun. <laughs> I was the same before, and almost everything like fun things, quote, playing a game can be not fun. Yeah, I, I, I see this idea of like, um, for a time we think of fun as
1: having to be separate from, you know, learning mm. from working. And uh, it, it's kind of like your model before, like you've got, days of purpose, days of peace, and days of play. But even though you have a day dedicated to play, from what I can gather, you still can see fun being an underlying factor on all three of them. Like there there are ways to do purpose um, in a fun way. And it's not like you have to do 100% of purpose fun, but there's ways that it can be interwoven within that. Um, And what I think is really helpful in trying to, I guess, like, make sense of this is and and what brought m- my awareness in the beginning is to see how kids have fun because mm-hmm. we were all kids at one point as far as I'm aware uh mm-hmm. and it seems to be their natural state at the very least the the number one form of engagement I have with my kids is through play
0: mm-hmm.
1: and I think it's really interesting so like I've I first I'll get your thoughts on that but then we can talk through like what I've observed at least
0: yeah. So um, I, I suppose I hadn't spent that much time with our children until sort of the last couple of years. Um, and so I, I, let's just take my niece, who's about 20 months old now. It either appears that she is having the best time ever, like giant smile on her face or crying. Like there's no in between She's or she's sleeping. Right. Um, and so, and she goes from like crying because she fell over to back to jumping in a puddle with like the craziest, awesome smile on her face, like two seconds later. And so you sort of see like I suppose at that stage you're less developed and so you know I think you can hopefully become more sophisticated and sophistication is perhaps code for well it's not just the enjoyment of the activity and feeling one emotion you can feel multiple emotions but you can feel inspired you know happy and worried at the same time right (laughs) um whereas I'm not sure that an 18 month old can do that they kind of can only operate with one emotion right and in some respects my niece Mac is like a fun hunter she finds Little ways to have fun, whether it's like running away from her dad and then a dad chasing her, or peekaboo. Because like I love how they're hiding. Their ability to hide is awful. Like like where, where could you be hiding? And then they love peekaboo, like something the best game ever. I'm like this is the most basic boring game ever, and you're the world's worst hider. <laughs> like, I couldn't, you know, but that you love it means that I enjoy playing this game with you. Mm. Anyways, um, it, it's it's really interesting to see. I suppose we'll call it more more simple, but not in a bad way. Just as opposed to complex. Fun. And I think what you were saying, James, is that I, I suppose, for a time had forgotten about the sort of just fun without purpose, you know, as part of this. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, like just the observation there about it's not about what you're doing, it's about, well, not necessarily always, it's not always about what you're doing, but it's who you're doing it with, right? You're talking about what would be on the face of it a fairly boring game, at least for grown adults like us, which is hide and seek. Um, and you can imagine if you had a bunch of adults playing hide and seek, you'd be like, okay, there you are. Okay.
0: <laughs> Worst <game of> <laughs> but if
1: you're playing with a, you know, a one to two year old, they're having the best time and they're absolutely yeah. abhorrent at it. And, but that's infectious, right? Just because okay. the person is having so much fun. You, you, you're not like, oh, they're having fun. That makes me happy. It's like, no, I am actually having fun off and of energy. their energy. Um, and it's, mm. it's it's so like it, it, it it's, you know it's it draws you in in a way. But what I thought you would find interesting is what I've thought about is the way in which fun evolves similar to Keegan theory of development, um, mm. because when you think about you know the first stage, which is like he calls it the impulsive mind, but like and and I think this is like between you know the ages of zero and five or like up to six or something like that everything is exciting because everything's new it's like it's just like like mm-hmm. you said if you're not sleeping or like distressed because of um, whatever reasons that upset babies then it's like you're experiencing things for the first time it's novel so it's just like you know what's this a chair it swings like get the fuck out like this is amazing <laughs> <laughs> um so everything is it's like really stimulating like your environment is just like like insanely um and it's the other thing is, is all potential. Nothing for you is fixed. Like that's, what, that's why I, I try to espouse having a curious mind because a curious mind for me means that you see potential in things. And for a, a, an impulsive mind, everything is almost can be seen as potential. But what I find interesting is when you evolve between the impulsive um, and instrumental mind into the socialized mind, this is when you start figuring out play. And play starts off really easy because like the kid just draws you in, wants to play hide and seek and you're just basically going by their rules. Like, you know, I'm going to stick my head under a pillow. That means you can't see me. And you're like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm happy to go by your rules. (laughs) But then it's figuring out how to play with other kids, which is a really interesting part of their development. And I think this is synonymous to us in our lives right now because we've already gone through this process of figuring out how to play with others. But it's kind of like, drains in a way because it's no longer as easy to engage in play Like you think about um well you you think about this play is an introduction for my kids like they will go up to a kid and say let's play Mm -hmm. and then they go off and they figure the rest out whereas i feel like now i couldn't just go up to someone and say like hi let's
0: play (laughs) you get locked up (laughs) get away freak Um, I feel like like you
1: said before Duncan I need to sit next to my colleague for a series of for a series of time before we can get to a point where we feel like you know we can engage in some fun activity
0: together I think so that you said something that's like when you're whatever born everything is new and so it's it's interesting and you can have fun because your head's under a pillow obviously nobody can see you right even though your body is like clearly visible right um, and then you get into like little role play and, and they're, they're, they're playing with their like whatever dolls or Lego or something. Right. Um, and so, but, but that kind of gets boring. Like I don't personally, like, Hey James, let's play hide and seek and it's like a duck and just cause you <laughs> put your head under a pillow. I can still see the whole body. Like found you. Like, I don't think you and I are proposing to play hide and seek. Um, but we can still play games with each other. And so that lends like the whole, um, Adam, uh, what's his name? I've forgotten his surname um but that life, the one lens thing, everything is a game. um, and so you know you, you, this podcast is a game or, or work is a game. It's just a lens a way to look at life. and some games are negative some and not fun, and some games are positive some and not fun, and some games are positive some and fun, right? And so to me, Adam Robinson,, uh, that's his name. Uh, to me, um at work, in some respects, and it depends if if you're more senior, I suppose you have much more say in setting up the rules of the game. Then if you're more junior, you might be playing as a participant in the game, right? Um, but it is, it can be looked at as a game and it can be fun and it can be energizing, right? Or it can be draining and not fun. Um, and so to me, in, a, in some respects, we're still playing. It's just that play has shifted. And so to me, this is the difference between like, so fun times consequence equals purpose. Fun times no consequence equals play. This is one of the sort of equations that I had. And you can have fun in many areas or it can be energizing. And so it's just that things age out. Like, I don't want to do what I was doing when I was five years old anymore. That doesn't mean that I don't want to play, like, I don't know, Xbox ever. But, like, I didn't really want to go to school and do math much. You know, I did it because I was like, oh, I going to get good grades and my mom and dad would be unhappy. But, yeah, it's different.
1: Yeah, so, like, this is me just trying to make sense of it. I'm not trying to espouse anything here like this is the the God's truth and I've figured it all out. I'm just, like, what I'm trying to do is get to a point where um you know for you Duncan writing is thinking right doesn't mean that everything you write down is like a is an absolute truth it's like this is me trying to make sense of my thoughts so for me yeah yeah, like what I'm trying to do is like say things and see if it actually sticks or if it just makes absolutely no sense and you can almost move on so what I wanted to like test out is this idea that well according to Keegan what 50% of us get stuck in the socialized mind when we're adults and two-thirds
0: do not get beyond socialized mind
1: two-thirds that's a lot of people um, and for me, the socialized mind is when you derive value and identity based on your relationship with others. And I think you can probably remember, well, that's what the socialized mind, that's when he talks about it, right? So he talks about in terms of being able to maintain an affiliation with your tribe, right? So your if you look at your own experience through childhood, at least for me, it was very much my 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 sense of self was extrinsic. My sense of self was, how many friends did I have at school? Like, what I considered to be you know, socially acceptable. Uh, and what I did when I looked around was, like, the most popular kid tended to be the most fun. So the idea is, for, for me, is if you don't grow out of this phase, then you don't get the opportunity to realise that the next two parts of life, which is um, self-authoring and self-transforming, is, sim- is similar to me in terms of, well, hey, now I can actually decide on what games I want to play or what fun means to me. And they'll transform could be, well now I get to decide what fun is. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, that's I suppose one way to articulate it. Um to me you sort of said that before like a good conversation is fun. Now some of them are like fun because they're funny, but other than fun cause they're interesting. Others are fun because they make you question a lot of things that, like, oh, this is seriously meant, you know, I think i found a large structural flaw in the way that I was looking at this, you know. Um, and and so to me, writing is a conversation with myself. You'd make time for a good conversation with a friend. You know, you should make time for a good conversation with yourself. And so to, I make time to have a good conversation with myself because thinking is confusing. Writing is clarifying. You only have four or they say four to seven working slots of memory in your mind. The bigger the piece, the smaller the slot, less number of slots. But if you're writing, you can wrestle with a problem that has more than four pieces and big problems have more than four pieces. And so if you're trying to think about it, you can't get all the pieces in place. And so this is, a, I thought you just point out this, like it is point blank fun writing for me, done well. <laughs> Not always, but most of the time. And this is just, you talk about this game, like it is a game. It is a puzzle to solve. Like some people do Sudoku or something, right? Some people play chess or, or, or something, right? Writing to me is like Sudoku or chess, but with wild amounts more challenge and wild amounts more purpose. <laughs> um, and I suppose in some respects, the podcast like that we're doing here now, we'll have a bit of a laugh here or there, um, you know, but I suppose we're not trying to be Hamish and Andy or, or some sort of, you know, stand-up comedians or something, right? Right. Um, it's it's got i was going to say 10 20% funny or fun you know but sort of 80% i hope interest like i, I straight up i'm learning things <laughs> because yeah. of what james is saying and because of what i'm saying that it's interesting and it will shift my understanding of how i think about the world so this lens of fun everywhere isn't one that i thought fo- have thought about properly before and now that i've thought about it it's not the only lens for the world but it's a good lens yeah and so all else equal you know fun is not underrated and that it's better to have more fun than less fun. And not just don't be serious all the time, but also have fun some of the time, you know, at work. It's, it's just it's just an interesting way, it's like, oh, how come I hadn't thought about this that much?
1: Hmm. Well, that's, for me, it's this idea of, um, you know, doing this broadcast for you is like 90% relevatory. Like it brings hmm. forth new ways of thinking, new ideas um, or concept, when, you know, we're quote-unquote jamming because that's largely what we are doing. Mm. We might have all these notes written down um, in our little um, side paper, but I would say we cover about 10% of that in our our discourse. So this idea that it, it, you know, it's not just like, oh, it's a learning experience. It's like, no, I'm just, I'm, you know, I'm creating more, like, new paths to myself that I otherwise would not have had a, a chance to do. And it's the same thing, I think, when when you're jamming with your colleagues. It's like, together we're creating something that possibly none of us could have done on our own. Mm. And so there's this idea of like, you know, it comes back to the idea of cooperation. Like, what can we create together that would not otherwise conceptually be possible on us, on our own? Because, you know, that then creates a different viewpoint in terms of, well, I'm enjoying this time with Duncan because, you know, we don't think the same on everything, but we at least respect each other enough to, to push our ideas. And we also think similarly enough so that we find each other's ideas at some base level amount of interest. Uh, so like, yeah, like I think, you know, fun can be found anywhere, but it doesn't have to be everywhere. But where you, where you do apply it it, it, it you know, it takes it to the next level, I think.
0: Yeah, I think this is slightly different. Um... A teacher a friend of mine told me about observation mode, because a, a part of what some teachers do is that they're observing the, the, the children. So there's like, I don't know, we'll call it, there's a teacher theory, then there's activities and during activities, I might be observing the kids. And he's, he's a, if you're in a conversation when you're out at like I don't know, a restaurant or whatever, a pub, you might, there's two modes. This is over participant mode and observation mode. So let's say there are, whatever, four people, and you might be participant mode, anything, but then I didn't realize like, okay, now I'm gonna switch to observation mode. And instead of you using up your mental cycles to try to think about, well, what do I think I can add to the conversation, hopefully improve it, you know, you just watch them and you realize that, okay, well, why did someone say that? And did how did that receive by that person? And whatever else it is. And it's like, oh my God, because sometimes you're in a conversation, ah, like, oh, this is a bit boring or something like, you know, and uh-huh. then I'll be like, I'm just going to do observation mode for like five minutes. And then it's like, oh my God, this is the best fight ever. <laughs> um, and so the reason I'm bringing this up is that different lenses in the world often allow more diversity and diversity allows hopefully the increased opportunity to be able to have fun um so to me yeah it's just interesting i didn't know about observation mode i didn't know about thinking about fun mode lens you know etc cetera, etc cetera. so i believe that as life is going on some things used to be fun like hide and seek <laughs> i'm not really really wanting to play too much anymore but actually the number of things I've I've been able to have fun in so the percentage of the day that I can have fun is now like a hundred percent that I'm awake right mm. whereas the percentage of the day when I was I don't know a, a teenager at school and I could have fun was called not in class time right? <laughs> <laughs> you know? but also I think I had a lot more not fun like that you were trying to fit in who were the popular kids and you know I wasn't popular or you know who, blah, blah, whatever else it is right and so you know there, there definitely was some parts of school that weren't fun
1: yeah uh, it, it, it it certainly seems like It's interesting looking back now on the way in which we used to think and how different it is to us, um, you know, when we're fully formed. Well, at least
0: I like to think of myself as a fully formed adult, but maybe I'm just a kid, a grown-up body. Um, You're hopefully going to be always developing and growing more. I think you're quite well-formed for your age, but I hope that in 10 years' time, you will be significantly more than you are today, at least mentally. Yeah. So let um, let's wind
1: things up because I do have to jump off in just a second. So I'll I'll take a random stab at the as a summary for this one because it's been a, a very interesting winding journey to talk about something as seemingly simple as fun. Um but yeah, I think for, for you and I, like it's it's been a journey in, in terms of like figuring out um, what fun means for us in our adult life because I think at least for me when you're a child or when you're a teenager, fun is kind of like synonymous with your experience at least when you have um you know things uh when you have friends when you have um you know an experience with everything done well but in an adult life I think we need to bring more thoughtfulness in terms of what does fun mean and how can we include it in our lives so I like the idea that um you know you can have seriousness but you can also have fun it doesn't have to be exclusive of each other but I also Mm -hmm. like the idea that um you know we can bring fun into anything we do. We don't have to just have work, just have peace, just have play. We can all apply these with an idea, with an element of fun to doing it. Um, I haven't fully fleshed out my thinking, but I do think that there's this this idea around when we are, you know, doing something for the sake of it, when we are, you know, engaging it in something that gives us, you know, this sense of excitement. I think these are ways in which we can kind of like figure out what is fun
0: for me. Yeah, um, I think growing up, fun was defined externally. Um, So uh, playing Nintendo was fun. Going skiing was fun, right? But going to do maths, you know, that just wasn't fun. And I feel that once you get beyond socialized mind, hopefully to self-authoring mind, you can start to make your own types of fun. It's not something, did you get to be going to the activity that's fun? You can make activities fun. You can make new games and you can have different types of fun too. Like purpose can be fun. Support can be fun, you know? Uh, And so I've found that it's possible, I think now, I hadn't thought about this before, that all waking hours can be fun, but different types of fun. That does not mean all waking hours of my life are fun. Definitely not. But yeah, I think, which I didn't realize, the most fun, because I hadn't thought of it this way. Like, honestly, I believe this, you know, that the most fun I've ever had is at work. More fun than anything else um also the most unenjoyable thing that I've ever experienced has been at work too <laughs> uh, so um it's really interesting um I think looking at fun as a lens looking at play and looking at enjoyment or energizing and draining I think is core and trying to hopefully have things be more energizing than the draining trying to be tap dancing to work than not like dreading work or whatever so yeah I think it's been a fun podcast <laughs> thanks a lot Duncan I had fun all right cheers James Manipulated it.